often called the greatest story ever told the mahabharata sometimes called the fifth veda is also known as the longest epic poem ever written the epic consists of over 98 parvas or episodes with 2113 adhyayas or chapters and 90000 shlokas or couplets The complete and original text consists of approximately 2 million words. It was originally composed by Krishna Dwaipayana Veda Vyasa between 8th and 9th century BCE. However, multiple authors worked on it for over a period of 1000 years, and the story we know and love today was completed in 4th century AD. This is about the Mahabharata. Namaste hello and welcome. I'm your storyteller Nivi and you're listening to Stories of India Retold. For human kind, stories were and remain the most extraordinary tool available to influence and connect with each other. Author Suman Kid said, "Stories have to be told or they die, and when they die, we can't remember who we are or why we're here." The stories of India have been passed down generations, some for thousands of years. They provide a window into who we are as a people. Join me in a retelling of these popular stories in a fun, simplified and less confusing way. Here you may find stories about men and gods, mortals and immortals, flying chariots, otherworldly shape-shifting dragon-like serpents or just ordinary people achieving extraordinary feats. Today's episode is not really a story. I wanted to talk a bit about Mahabharata, what it is, when it was written, etc. I think some background information is helpful to provide perspective with regards to the stories from Mahabharata. The Mahabharata is a Sanskrit text. Unfortunately, my knowledge of the language is limited to a few words at best. There are many versions and translations of the Mahabharata but very few complete and unabridged versions in English exist. I am reading the Mahabharata complete and unabridged translated by author Bibek Debroy. The translation is based on the critical edition of Mahabharata published by the Bandarkar Oriental Research Institute or BORI which is based in the city of Pune in India. Reading it is a big undertaking. It's a set of 10 books. But remember, it is a translation of almost 2 million words. I also like the illustrated Mahabharata, the definitive guide to India's greatest epic. It's not complete or unabridged, but it is a much easier read with lots of illustrations. You can find the titles of the book on the website storiesofindiaretold.com if you're interested. Mahabharata is described as itihasa a traditional retelling of past events essentially the mahabharata gives us a glimpse at the life of the people in kshatriya varna or the warrior class belonging to the luna dynasty 
We learn about the important events, places and people of the time, also the traditions, myths and legends that existed in that period. It is said that the story of Mahabharata can be summarized in a quote from the text itself. It goes like this. Whatever is found here on dharma, artha, kama and moksha may be found elsewhere, but whatever is not in it cannot be found anywhere else. The story of Mahabharata was mainly told in the oral storytelling tradition, unlike the precise retelling of the Vedas. and it was told by charioteer bards who were called sauthis the first chapter of the mahabharata begins with the retelling of the story of mahabharata by sauthi to the sages gathered for a snake sacrifice organized by king janamejaya who is arjuna's great grandson and the heir of the pandavas the epic starts with history and genealogy of the princes of the kuru dynasty Successive chapters tell the story of the Kauravas and Pandavas, their life and relationships, dynastic politics, the Kurukshetra war and the aftermath, and ends with the death of the Pandavas and their entry into the spiritual world. The core story of the epic is based on the dynastic power struggle between the Kauravas and Pandavas, who were the children of two brothers belonging to the Kuru dynasty, King Dhritarashtra and king pandu the epic is written in a story within a story format and there are multiple plots and subplots in the build up to and after the kurukshetra war fought between the cousins the main theme of the epic revolves around the importance of upholding dharma or sacred duty above all else the pandava brothers especially arjuna and yudhishthira didn't necessarily want to fight a war against their own kin famously in the bhagavad gita part of the mahabharata a distressed arjuna is overcome with doubts about the morality of violence and killing whilst he is in the middle of the battlefield he expresses his reservations about fighting against his own kind to lord krishna who is his counsel and charioteer at that time Lord Krishna urges him to think about his dharma. He explains to Arjuna that as a kshatriya it is his duty to fight and that he must uphold it. While the Mahabharata is based on real events and the existence of some of the kings and events in the story has been proven beyond doubt, I think it is important to remember that it is a story. fiction and history or certain versions of it was usually woven together in such a way that it's kind of difficult to parse out the truth from the myth as to what are historical facts and which parts are fiction i personally feel that it is best left to scholars and researchers to discuss dan carlin in his podcast hardcore history talks about the ancient greek historian herodotus who is called the father of history and has written extensively about the greco persian war when talking about herodotus's accounts he says that they are not myth but not exactly the truth but still important because without it we don't have any of the pieces of the puzzle of that time 
He also talks about the fact that people across many ancient cultures, be it Egypt, Babylon or Greece, they all had their own creation story. And the stories of their rulers somehow involved a god and then a demigod in their ancestry. All of this holds true for the stories from ancient India as well. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the Kurus, Kauravas and the Pandavas. The sons of Dhritarashtra are called Kauravas and the sons of Pandu are called Pandavas. And the Kurukshetra war was fought between these cousins, Kauravas and the Pandavas. They belonged to the Kuru branch of the legendary Chandravamsha or Luna dynasty. In contrast, Ramayana is the story about the Suryavamsha or Solar dynasty. Some of the more notable rulers belonging to the Chandravamsha include the great emperor Bharata, his father Dushyanta of the Dushyanta Shakuntala fame, a love story that is popular even today. Lord Krishna belonged to the Yaduvansh branch of Chandravamsha. Author Michael Witzel in his paper, Early Sanskritization, Origins and Development of the Kuru State, investigates the events at the end of the Rigvedic period that led to the formation of the Kuru dynasty. There was a battle which was fought under King Bharata. It was called the Battle of the Ten Kings and it is mentioned in the Rigveda. Bharata won the battle and under him, several semi-nomadic tribes unite to form the Kuru clan. The tribes practiced semi-nomadic pastoralism, agriculture and trade. The Kuru kings supplemented their incomes by raiding their neighbors and demanding bali or tribute. Their rule lasted from the Middle Vedic period to Late Vedic period, that is about 1200 BCE to 500 BCE. The kingdom of Kuru included modern-day states of Haryana, Delhi, Punjab and parts of western Uttar Pradesh. The Vedas, which were both composed and transmitted orally with precision in the early Vedic period, were arranged into texts under the Kuru rule, a culture of caste system and Shrauta rituals, which are rituals based on the Vedas, like the homas and sacrifice and so on. So these Shrauta rituals also emerged under their rule, particularly under the rule of Parikshit and Janamejaya. The rise of Vedic tradition during the Kuru rule saw a strengthening of a mutually beneficial Brahmanakshatriya relationship during this period. This resulted in an increased power for the two groups both socially and politically. Stories in Mahabharata essentially promote these Kshatriya and Brahmana heroes from the Vedic culture. The author Krishnadvaipayana Vedavyasa was part of the royal family after all. By the way, fun fact, Vedavyasa was not a person, rather it was a title. The word Vyasa here refers to the person who edits and arranges the texts. Krishnadvaipayana Vedavyasa was responsible for arranging and formatting the Vedas. He also authored the Mahabharata and composed the 18 Mahapuranas. Now, if you always believed that Vyasa was a name, don't worry, you're not alone. This was new information for me too. The way the epic is formatted is a little bit chaotic, to be honest. 
At times, it is difficult to keep track of some of the details of the stories. It goes into tangents or completely digresses. I wonder if it's a result of having multiple authors over a long period of time. Too many cooks or something like that, you know? Or it could be because it was written more for the purpose of oral recitation rather than reading it as a text. Regardless, I find it a fascinating read and I am hoping to bring to you the stories from Mahabharata and I am hoping that you will find them just as fascinating. That was today's episode. You can find the resources used for the episode on the blog storiesofindiaretold.com. You can also read the stories on the blog. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube and you can find the links on the blog website. The Stories of India Retold podcast is available on most podcast apps and you can find the apps listed in the podcast website. Links to the blog and the podcast websites are listed in the episode description. Comments, likes, subscriptions are always appreciated. I appreciate you listening and hope to see you here again next time. Dhanyavada. Thank you.